what I've learned is I like being bold in what I say because, and I think that's something our generation lacks a lot or we just kind of hop on a bandwagon of whatever everyone else thinks. And so we're like, if I can just like agree with everyone, no one's going to like hate me or cancel me or, you know, all this stuff. On today's episode, we discuss what it takes to be bold and speak your truth on social media. What it's like dating in 2021, being young, single, and 20-something in a new city, and all the challenges that come with it. We dive into how to have a healthy relationship with social media, Maddie's big move from Texas to Nashville, her journey as a photographer, and a special announcement from Maddie on her next big project. Episode 42 with Madeline Fischelli begins now. Tell me about why you decided to move to Nashville. It first started with me just wanting to move away. And I was raised in Dallas. I grew up in Dallas. I was like, you know, always in like a suburbia type environment where I was like, okay, everyone does the same thing. Everyone has the same house. And I went to college in Dallas. And if you've been to Dallas, you know, it can be like a great place to visit. Um, but for me, I'm like, I guess the way I am, I was always like, I feel like I'm just not, this isn't really like my vibe. Um, so it started with me just wanting to like move away, try somewhere new. Um, but Nashville was never on my radar. I honestly, and I've even, <laughs> I think I even talked to you about this multiple times where I was like, if I'm going to move somewhere, I'm going to move to Georgia. And I had that kind of planned out in my head, but I feel like <laughs> God always kind of laughs at our plans and is like, no, that's just not what I have planned for you. So um, I would say for about two years, I always was saying, you know, eventually I'm going to move to Georgia um, and all that. But around January of 2021, so it's been about eight months since then, um, Nashville kind of popped in my head, which is really funny because I was like, Nashville, like, I went there once in high school, but like, you know, I haven't been back since. Why would I move to Nashville? But I just had this like strong feeling about it. And I'd seen an influencer I follow. She actually was moving here and announced that exactly when I started to like think about Nashville. Um, and I was actually at a coffee shop in Dallas and I ran into um, this woman named Sandy and she was actually working on staff at my high school. Um, back when I was living in um, Wiley, I was going to high school at Lucas Christian. It was a super small school. Um, but she, I haven't seen her since. And I knew that she had moved to Nashville. But I like ran into her in Dallas. I was like, what are you doing back in Dallas? And she's like, oh, like we're just, you know, visiting family and everything. But she's like, Nashville is so great. She, And I was like, she has no idea that I've been thinking about Nashville, you know? And I was like, this is so weird. I was like, okay, God, like I hear what you're trying to say. And so she was like, Nashville's great. And she's like, I've been going to this church called The Belonging Co. And um, she's like, you should check it out if you ever go up there. And I was like, oh, that's good to know. And so I kind of like put that in my back pocket, but I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I was like, I'll just like remember it. But in the winter when all this was happening, I was just not mentally in a place where I could move. And, you know, that's a whole other topic about mental health. And it's like, you know, you just know you're not in a position to move states if you're just not doing well in your head and everything, best headspace. And so um, I was like, that sounds great, but I just know I'm not ready. But I ended up flying up here anyway and met up with my friend Callie and she went to Dallas Baptist with me. So 
I was like, hey, like, I know this is so random, but I'm just coming up here to like kind of just feel it out and see if it's a place that I would want to live. And so um, I went up here and I loved it, but I just kept feeling like this is not the right timing. And I was like, okay, like (laughs) I wanted to rush it. And I was like Googling like apartments and like jobs that I could just pick up or whatever. And I'm like, I feel like I'm forcing it, you know, and you can kind of feel when you're like, okay, this is not the right timing. God doesn't, because whenever God puts things in your life, you're like, you know, I, I can tell you're orchestrating this. And so I was like, I know if I'm supposed to move to Nashville, like it's going to be put together for me. And so I kind of just let that go for the next few months. I was doing a lot of like changes in my personal life, just trying to like get me in a better place, get me like back on track and so I actually ended up moving home with my parents and at the time I was like like I'm just gonna be stuck at home forever (laughs) and you know you're kind of with your parents and like my parents are great they weren't like super helicopter parents whatever but I was like oh my gosh what am I doing like I know where I want to be but I'm like here I am at home but really those are the most vital times of my life is just being at home like healing from a lot of things and just getting my mind right getting my finances right just like And little did I know that was God preparing me to move here for real. And so the spring I was home, um, I was working, I was doing photo shoots and all that. And in April, it kind of came back into my head, um, this idea of Nashville. And it's really funny because I was like, I'll just like go on a Facebook renters group and just see what's like available. (laughs) And, you know, those Facebook groups, you're like, I don't know what I'm going to get. Like I had messages from guys being like oh like are you open to a male roommate and I'm like no (laughs) like that is not something for me and I was like you know just you never know if they're gonna be weird you know you just you never know what you're gonna get so I put it out there and I was like I'm just putting my feelers out like if this is an option and this girl that we followed each other her name's Chris and she's actually my roommate now um she messaged me she's like we're actually looking for a third roommate and I was like that's interesting like I actually know you and I had no idea you're looking for a roommate. And so that came into my head and I was like, okay, I'm just going to go up there one more time. So I did. Everything fell into place. I got a job. I was pursuing photography more in the music industry, which is something I'm still open to and like exploring because I didn't know anything about the music industry. And obviously Nashville, that's all it is. Um, so I was like, I love country music. I love just this whole vibe of country music the music industry um you know and so obviously career was a reason why I moved but and I did want to do photography all this stuff but I also was like I just know that Nashville's kind of a vibe that I enjoy and I had friends here the roommate situation worked out to where when I flew up you know I signed the lease I saw the place and I was like okay let's just do it because if I don't do it like if I don't sign this lease I'm never gonna move because I was just scared as much as I wanted it I was like it's just not gonna I'm just gonna stay in Dallas forever you know you just kind of have this limited like put God in a box mindset so um I signed the lease in April and a month later I was moving here and drove up and I was like this is just good for me and a fresh start so to answer your question all that backstory (laughs) um you know it was really just because I wanted to be away from what I'm so used to because I just knew one version of myself and had the same friends and same family and you know just this whole environment was the same my whole life for 22 years to where I was like is this all for me like there's other versions of me that I don't even know exist and so 
even if it is just a year, I was like, there's nothing to lose. And I tell, you know, girls that message me all the time, like, do you regret moving? Or like, do you have any tips? And I'm like, honestly, like, if you step back, like, it's not that serious. I know it's a big deal to move, but you can always go back. You can always do whatever. But if you need that change, you need that sense of independence, you know, you can do that. And so all that to say, it was really just because I wanted a uh, change of scenery and just to challenge myself. And um, yeah, also just career too, but you know. Yeah, I always think the thing I tell people about the moving is not that I'm uh, a guru by any means, but I think a lot of times we think of moving as like a a permanent destination. And it's like you can move somewhere and if you don't like it, you can move back or you can move to the next city. And so I think so many people are like feel like their hands are tied because they want to make like the perfect they're not sure if this is where I want to be forever and it's like hey right. you're you're putting that pressure on yourself that's not actually mm-hmm. something that's like a realistic thing but before we move on to the many other things that I want to talk to you about you talked about something that really struck a chord in me that I want to get you more of your perspective on and what did God teach you in that season and that was in seasons right so mm-hmm. you talked about there was this process where you felt like you weren't ready to move, that there was some work still yet to be done both in you internally and externally. So what has God taught you about the idea of seasons or what have you learned about God or, or on this continued journey called your life? Because it's such a crazy time that we live in. And I think it's without sounding like an old person pointing the finger, like social media really is such a blessing for so many of us, but also can be a double-edged sword and really hurt us because it always keeps us longing for even the next season, right? Even Mm -hmm. if it's, hey, we're in summer, I wish it was winter. If we're in winter, I wish it was summer. I'm single and I'm seeing all these people in relationships. I'm seeing, I'm an influencer starting out and I'm seeing all these people getting all these followers and it's always making us long for and yearn for and compare and look at the next season rather than looking where we're, we're at. So just speak to that for a moment of what have you learned about yourself or about God in this kind of this idea of seasons? The type of personality I am, I am just such a go, go, go on to the next thing. Like, let's just wrap this up so we can go to the next. And in this season of life I was in, I had to learn so much about like God is there in the slow parts. And, you know, you see how you want your life to look and you expect it to be a certain way and you want it right now and it's God just tells me I'm this still small voice and you have to just lean into me and like let me teach you things before you can get to that next phase of life and so it really grew my relationship with the Lord when I was like okay I need to take a step back and be like you know this obviously the season is painful or it's stressful and it's not what I want it to be but it's necessary and having if I didn't have the Lord in that season it would just have been 10 times worse you know because we're all human and we all have seasons where we're like oh my god like I just want to like die you know you're like what am I doing and um you think life is hopeless and so if I didn't have God in that season it would have it would have just been so damaging to me and so my hope came from him just knowing like in those slow parts of life even when it was I was getting restless and I was like what am I doing like he was there to be like you're here now you like you're making the changes necessary because one day I'm going to like direct you and you will know the path that you're on and along with that I would say the biggest thing I've learned about God and how he works as a whole is a lot of the times he isolates you before he elevates you and I'm not talking about me like elevating as in like 
my success or, you know, career, whatever. But honestly, the way he elevated me and like my confidence, my identity, my faith, like he grew all that through my isolation. I actually going off that social media thing. I don't know if you remember, but I took about two months off of social media where I was like, this is adding to my stress when I like already had a lot to figure out. And I was like, I don't need to be like feeling like I have to show that I'm doing stuff when really I wasn't doing that much. Like I was doing photo shoots and all that, but I was doing a lot of like internal work, you know? And so I felt like I had to project that I'm busy and I'm successful and happy. And like, that just wasn't my life at the moment. And so I was like, for me to go on social media, it felt forced and fake and like lots of pressure. And I had to just be like, okay, we're going to take a break from this. And at the time like that, you know, it took a lot of away of what I was focusing on is, you know, putting my work out there, like growing my following, growing my social media, because, you know, influencing or anything social media related, it's all about engagement, your followers, all that. And it's like, that's just not real life. Like, and it was how it was having me like neglect my real life and real emotions. And I was like, this is just not, this is not necessary. So I cut that out and that took away a lot of the isolation, but I also like, you know, it's not that people forgot about me. I don't want to say they forgot about me, but when you post all the time, like your face is in front of people to where they're like, Oh, Maddie, like I need to text her about this or, you know, just, they see your name and they're like, I'll reach out to her. But when I got off social media, you'd be surprised how many people don't reach out. (laughs) And I was like, I had to really narrow down who's in my life for the right reasons. And it was funny because I, you know, I had college friends and like, we just don't talk often anyway, but you know, they're always there, but it came down to, it's my family. And I had two or three best friends where I was like, I can count on you in the season. And they, and I tell them this still like being in a new, happier season of life. Um, I still tell them, thank you for sticking with me in that because it was not pretty at times. And it was like, I was going through a lot of things and you stuck with me and I know that you were there for me, like just for me, didn't matter what I was doing with my life or anything. So I think I was isolated from social media. I was isolated from a lot of friendships in quotes. I wouldn't even call them friendships, you know what I'm saying? Um, So it really just got down. I was living at home with my family and I had two or three close friends. And so all through that, God was like, I am here even when you're isolated. And, you know, he's closer than my very breath. And he kind of became that friend figure to me, which sounds kind of funny. But he, to me, was like the person that I would go to throughout the day and be like, God, like, you know, I just need someone to talk to. And the times that I felt so alone, but it was just like that growth. And so um, all that to say... God taught me a lot about how when he isolates you and strips you away of all these things that you're so used to, the way he replaces it with more, maybe not physically replaces it with more, but he gave me so much spiritually and emotionally to where I grew in my healing and like became a stronger person. And so I learned a lot about the way God works and it's not always like this pretty picture. And I think we like to think that God is like, oh, he's going to give me a present with a bow around it. And like, you know, everything's going to be fine. And it's just, it's a lot of hard days, you know? And so um, I just learned that he's always there, even if it's frustrating or we're like frustrated with him. So I would just say, I just learned a lot about how patient he is and how good he is. So I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here with kind of a million dollar question. So don't feel obligated that what you say you're uh, stuck to, but you said something that was interesting and, and 
I've even experienced myself, and that's when taking breaks from social media feels healthy. You you come off for a couple weeks, a month, whatever the timeline is. You come back and you feel fresh and you don't feel as overwhelmed. Right. But my question for you is, do you feel like social media as a whole is something that we can all tame? Or is it this constant, hey, I feel like I'm going to burst. I'm overwhelmed. So let me take a step back and kind of metaphorically pop the bubble and burst right. and go back to zero and then when i come back it's not that now i'm permanently at zero it's now it's starting that drip all over again of like kind of the death by a thousand cuts of like it starts to pile up starts pile mm -hmm. up and so it's all we're always stuck in this cyclical cycle of it's always going to be overwhelming at some point or do you feel like there is a way that we can all permanently stay healthy and, and again yeah. i know <laughs> you know as a creative myself like i would i almost am tempted to ask you the question like what would your life be like without social media, but without projecting onto you? Like, oh, yeah. I do know that it is an important part of growing your business and your brand. And right. it is for me. And so sometimes I do feel almost, I don't say helpless because that feels like extreme hyperbole, but like that it's so vital to who I am as building the business and the brand as a creative that I have to find some way to be on it. But right. back to the question is, do you feel like there ever is a permanent state where we can learn to, not almost be taking advantage of the beast of social media or is it always going to be this kind of cyclical thing of uh, I go until I'm stressed and then I have to step away for a period of time and I start back at zero and then we just start this drip all over again. Which it's so funny you said that because I've always said <laughs> if I wasn't making money on social media I would delete it all ASAP Rocky. Like I would be done. I would happily go live out in the middle of nowhere and just grow my own food and never talk to anyone on Instagram ever again. <laughs> like I was just, and I, I stand by that. If it wasn't such a big part of marketing, if it wasn't such a big part of like connect, cause a lot of it for me, I would say like my Instagram is more about, I like to connect with, you know, younger women is something that I'm like really passionate about, you know, talking to younger girls, like girls I would never meet if it wasn't for Instagram. Like, and I think real relationships have been made through Instagram so I don't want to disc uh, discredit you know the good things it can do um especially if you're spreading like messages or like sharing your heart and the lessons you've learned I think it can be a positive thing so I would say that and then obviously making money like those are important to me obviously but at the end of the day like the way it can just like you said it's like a cycle of okay I can handle this much right now like after my break my two month break, I was like, I really don't want to get back on. But at this point I have no choice. <laughs> like I was like, I need to get back on. I need to start making that money again. Like I need to be advertising more. And I was like, Oh, I really don't want to get back on, <laughs> but I had to, or, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I have to. And so, um, I got back on and I was like, you know what, if I ever catch myself obsessing again, or if I ever start catch myself comparing or, striving to be perfect and show how perfect my life is if I get my priorities wrong again I'll take a little break again and it's just sad because there are still like I'll take some weekends off or I'll just take like a whole day off and I'm like I just need to reset my brain and you know I wish it didn't have to be like that because a lot of the times we're like we can handle so much and after my two months I was like I'm ready to go like let's just get back on it's gonna be fine like I don't want to but it's gonna be fine and I was burned out after another week. I was like, I want to take a day off. And, you know, it's just a cycle of I can handle this much right now. And then you get to this point where you're drained and you just feel so heavy in your mind. And um, so I, I, I think there are obviously good parts of it. But 
I, you know, even now, I'm still catching myself being like, I can't wait till I can take a little break, and no one knows what I'm up to, and I don't have to prove to everyone what's going on, and, you know, I don't have to share all this stuff, and, you know, it's just, I think there's power in privacy, and, like, you know, not everything is for the internet, and that's something I had to learn, too, but, you know, that helps, too, when you are on social media. If you have to be on social media, you don't have to share your whole life. You know, there's a lot of things you can keep private and just keep it business, keep it, you know, maybe directed to helping other people, but it's not like where you can go and vent all your feelings and you don't have to share, like, you know, all your deep, dark secrets. Or, you know, you can just, like, keep things to yourself to where you don't feel drained or that you're comparing as much as, you know, seeing how much someone else is putting out. So if you keep it professional, you know, if you view it maybe as, like, your business or for other people that are consuming what you say then it kind of gets the pressure off of like you and how you appear to others, if that makes sense. No, I think you shared some really great wisdom because it's something that I've been like, I want to say living out because that sounds kind of silly, but like it was a shift that I had to make with my own social media. And and so kind of like strategically and tactfully how I did it was like, I have the business page and then I have my page, but all I'm doing on my page is just sharing BTS of what the business is doing. So it's like, the business has all the artists I work with. And then on my page, it's like me on set holding a camera and then I might mm-hmm. share a thought. Like you rarely, I would say ever, will see anything about my personal life on there. And it's mm-hmm. not about like, ooh, I got to protect, you know, my personal life. It's it's actually protecting me because mm-hmm. I'm not putting my own like, oh, I hope yes. that like Maddie's going to comment on this or like yeah. I hope she sees this or I'm looking for this person right. to slide up on the DMs. And so it's really helped me find this balance of like, hey, I know I need to play in this space as a creative entrepreneur that's working in the city and like how 99.9% of all my new clients or business comes through. Mm -hmm. But I also need to guard my heart and my joy and not feel like I'm getting the life sucked out of me because ultimately it hurts me and it hurts my business. Right. Because then I'm not in a good mood. And so that's like strategically for anybody listening because I know so many creatives follow you and they're going to listen like, and I'm not saying that's the right way. I think it even something you brought up, it all affects us differently. And so I think everyone has to have a different approach. But for me, yeah. that was how I did it because yeah. it is hard. It's like you said two answers ago. It's it's crazy how we're all conditioned to like even my own friends. I was talking to someone on the phone yesterday. They're like, dude, like, how have you been? Like, I haven't really seen you posting on social. Like, what's going on? And I'm like. Uh, I always tell Life's my fine, <laughs> <yeah>. but like <laughs> my real friends know if you if I'm not posting on social media, that means I'm really really busy. Right. But it's like if I am bored or I have nothing to do, then I'm posting stuff. Yeah. But it's, it's no, crazy. it's hard to not put your identity in it. Like it's kind of sad how many times we're like, oh my gosh, like this person unfollowed me because I posted about my political opinion or you know my religious opinion or whatever it is. It's like this person like doesn't like me because they unfollowed me on that, and you know just stuff like that it's like it doesn't say anything about you and you can you can share what you want to share and it's funny you said that about being busy because it's like there's times where I just don't have anything to post or don't want to post and people think that I'm like going into like a depressive episode you know like they just think like you're not okay and I'm like that's kind of sad like I'm like the times that I don't post I actually am enjoying life more and I'm not trying to document everything and you know, and I've said this before, I am not that kind of, you know, I've noticed, especially in Nashville, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with going out with your girlfriends and getting pictures before you're like, you're about to go out to eat and you look cute, whatever. But some people want to take an hour just trying to get that perfect photo. And I'm like, I just don't care that much. You know, like you just have to like not 
care so much about how you look on your socials and not hold it so tightly and like how your image is and um, proving to everyone. So yeah, the times that you're not posting, you can still be enjoying life. And I think people forget that when they're observing your Instagram or whatever it is. You've been a very outspoken person about many of your beliefs, both yeah. in your faith, in regards to politics and yeah. society and life. What is that journey been like and I realize that's probably a very loaded question because I know that there's going to be some some good things and some very bad things probably in there that have right. come along with that people comments and stuff but a what has motivated you to kind of stick with voicing your opinion on things and b just what have been kind of some things you've learned about yourself about others about yeah. just speaking your mind yeah so I actually um like a few years ago I used to be so terrified of sharing like what I actually thought about certain things because, you know, there's always someone that's going to have an opposite opinion. And I was like, I'm just so scared of getting that backlash. And, you know, it's just better if I don't say anything because like, you know, you can keep the peace there. Like whatever people think, like they can just have this like common like respect for me, like because I'm not like hurting anyone's feelings. And what I've learned is I like being bold in what I say because and I think that's something our generation lacks a lot or we just kind of hop on a bandwagon of whatever everyone else thinks and so we're like if I can just like agree with everyone no one's gonna like hate me or cancel me or you know all this stuff and I found the more I've spoken out about you know whether whether it is politics or you know that's such a hot topic the past couple years or um my religious beliefs whatever it is it's like when I do speak out about those things, you'd be surprised how many positive messages I'll get. And um, I think people wish people would speak out more about what they believe, but people are just so scared nowadays. And I get why, because people are harsh on the internet. Um, and that's something that I didn't really realize until I started, especially this past year with like the election and, you know, like <laughs> 2020, everything that was just going on, like, you know, and I'm not gonna go on my Instagram story and be like this side or this side is like wrong for this and this and you know I'll I don't want to like come at a certain person or group you know but I will say my opinion and like especially if it's something related to the Bible like this isn't just what I think like this is a biblical perspective of like you know how God designed marriage or this is how God designed government or whatever it is and so um all that to say there's been a lot of positive people that have reached out and be like thank you for sharing this I respect you um I wish more people talked about it and that has really helped me um but I definitely have gotten some negative comments I you'd be surprised the kind of things people are willing to say and I think it is because it is social media and like you know they would never say it to your face probably just because you know no one really says that kind of stuff but over the internet you can type whatever you want and send it and think like it doesn't really affect real people um you know I've gotten freaking death threats this one girl that lived like 45 minutes from me was like I'm gonna find you and I'm like what are you gonna do like <laughs> go ahead and try but uh you know I just think it's funny like the kind of things people are willing to say like I belong in a mental hospital or um you're I thought you're a woman of faith why would you believe that and I'm like you know I don't know it's just stuff like that I there's been a couple times obviously I am human I'll take it to heart and be like maybe I shouldn't have posted that or I should have just kept quiet but the good responses outweigh the bad for me and aside from that like not holding on so tightly to your Instagram and your social media like I said earlier it's like that really helps you not care that much 
and I'm like this platform you know I mean there's people have way bigger platforms than me so I mean I don't want to say that I have this like million follower platform but you know with the platform I do have I know like it's from the Lord and it's for a reason it's not just something I built up for my own gain and you know while it is cool and everything it's like I I want to use this to project truth whether it's like hard to say or not um so that's really helped me to kind of navigate through the the negativity but I would say I've got you would be surprised how many positive responses I've gotten to so I think you kind of hit it right there at the end, but I just want to clarify because it's a question that I've always been curious of people that are super outspoken on social is mm-hmm. like, what do you feel like motivates you to do that? And by the way, this isn't like a setup to like no, roast yeah. Madeline. It's like, <laughs> I'm just like genuinely curious. Like, do you feel like it's like, I hope that maybe some people that are on the fence about certain issues will see my opinion and, and can hopefully that'll sway them. Yeah. Is it that you feel like you just want your voice to matter? Like, mm-hmm. w- and, and again, I know there's, you know, I'm asking a very broad question. Right. A very, you know, I'm sure your answers may change based on the subject matter. So I don't want you to get, you know, feel the pressure to answer a one size fits all. But right. I'm just curious, like what on those days where people are maybe natively responding to you or what have you, like what keeps you going and, and keeps speaking you, mm-hmm. your, keep, helps you speaking your mind? For me, I honestly have a, genuine desire for people to just know truth and you know if especially if it's about the lord like i i would just talk to a brick wall about jesus because i'm like i just i just want people to like see things from a biblical point of view and if it comes to politics i'm like i just want to pick your brain because a lot of the times you know i don't know how in-depth you want me to be but you know there's there's news and there's um articles and tiktok and instagram and all these ads and you know, putting out this image of what you're supposed to believe, especially in like the Gen Z generation, like the generations we're raising up and like becoming who are going to be leaders. It's like these people need to like hear another side of the story because they're only getting slammed with one side of things. And so a lot of people don't do their own research. A lot of people are ignorant and they don't want to, they don't want to hear it. And I'm like, you know, I would say I do my very best to be kind when I share my opinion and I don't ever want to shove it down anyone's throat, but I will share it. Um, and so I guess I just want to like pick people's brain and be like, are you sure what you believe? Are you sure what your opinion is, is accurate, is factual, is true. And, um, you know, if you decide to think that way, then go ahead. Like, I'm not stopping you. I'm not hating you. I'm not judging. Like you can, it's a free country, which sadly I feel like it's starting to not be, but you know, it's a free country and you can believe what you want to believe and do what you want to do. But I, as much as anyone else have the right to share my opinion. And I hope that you can like maybe plant a seed in your mind of maybe, Oh, I should look into that. So that's kind of like my goal. I just want people to know truth for sure. Tell me about your dating life (laughs) because I see not that I have any by the way not that I have any insider privilege to this question (laughs) only because I see a lot of people on your Instagram are always Mm -hmm. asking you dating relating questions or relationship type questions so yeah I'll I'll just start with a general question (laughs) and we can go from there like Like personally my okay yeah like what has that been like for you yeah um that is a really great question so um in high school I had like a little high school boyfriend you know wasn't anything um I went to first of all 
my high school, I had 10 boys in my grade. So I did not, yeah, I did not do a lot of dating in high school. That was just not the thing. Like, just where I was at, I was like, no, I'm just, and there was not many options. So um, it wasn't until I got to college where I was like, oh, people like go on dates. Like, guys can pick me up and like take me out. And, you know, like, it was just this whole thing. And so I was like, kind of in a culture shock of like this dating world. And um, so I got to college and, I went on like a lot of dates like I was just like open to like yeah let's just like have this experience and just see what happens like no pressure um I didn't really have anything serious in college I was also in college for two years so like you know after I left college I was like you know I don't even know how I'm gonna meet people like you know in your head you're like how am I gonna like meet anyone that's outside of college whatever um So, you know, then it got into, like, dating apps, and nothing wrong with dating apps, but I was like, I just never know where they're going to come from. Like, you know, are they serial killers? Do they, are they, like, (laughs) you just, (laughs) you never know. And so I kind of went through all the, like, phases of dating, and I actually met my um, ex-boyfriend on Hinge. And so if that tells you anything, like, that was not a good relationship, and I, you know, just kind of dove into that head first, and it was like... I don't know where you come from. I don't like, I'm having to just like believe what you say. Cause I have no like mutual friends with you. Like I don't have people to be like, yeah, they're a good guy. Like, you know, stuff like that. Um, so anyways, that relationship was about a year ago and it was not healthy. It was not glorifying to the Lord. It was like my first serious relationship where I was like, you know, okay, like we're going to get married and you know, you have this all planned out and you're like, okay, they're saying all the right things. And I never took the time to really get to know who they were. And that, you know, came a lot of like out of, uh, being naive and just unexperienced, which I, you know, you can't blame yourself for, but I wish if I could go back, I'd be like, take the time to get to know someone. Um, so anyways, that was a whole thing. Um, you know, and I have no problem talking about it, but he cheated on me. And that was one of those things I was like, my first real boyfriend and that happens. And, you know, you, you start to think, what could I have done differently? Like, I wish I had tried to like do more for him and he would know how much I love him and all this stuff. And so, you know, that definitely contributed to, you know, just after that being in denial and just kind of going around doing whatever. And I was like, I just like, you know, I'm just going to keep dating and it'll, it'll figure itself out and I'll heal from it. And that's kind of what led into like, you know, that wasn't the only thing that contributed to like a little, to, um, I don't know how to call it, like a dark phase of life, you know, season, kind of what we talked about earlier, but you know, it's one of those things that really, if I was in denial about it and stuff those feelings down, like it, it took a lot of healing from that. And I was like, I'm not gonna, once I realized I was like, uh, Maddie, you need to calm down, like just stop dating and like stop trying to find validation and healing in other guys. Um, that's when I started healing for real. And I was like, there's no way I could date right now. Like I could not give myself to someone completely because I still have like grudges I'm holding on to, bitterness. I need to forgive these people. I need to like be praying to like be completely whole before I can just like project my best self onto someone else. And so um, I would say the past year, it's just been a roller coaster of like, I know I'm not ready to date. Um, I would say though, like God has just, not even just dating, but just like revamped how I view relationships and has healed me, made me stronger and like more discerning when it comes to men. And, you know, it goes the same for women and like 
either way you have to have discernment and you have to like take your time I think that's one of the biggest things like when you're dating just take your time getting to know them and just like ask the hard questions up front because if I had asked a lot of hard questions up front it would have saved me a world of hurt and so all that to say like those experiences really made me more aware of what love is and what um what relationships are so all that to say dating now is you know I'm in Nashville and I was like I don't want to I mean like I was like I'm open to it if it came along you know like I'm not like no relationships but you know I also am just in a new city where I'm like you know I don't want to be heartbroken and I just got here like I don't want to be sad over a boy and I just like finally moved to a new state a new city like I don't want to spend that miserable like you know wondering about a boy you know so I'll have to say I mean currently like I'm just chilling and totally content with that um but I am open I'm like I've been praying a lot lately like God if if he is for me and like he you know shows his true intentions and like pursues me the right way then okay like I'll know it's from you like we'll pray about it you know I just want to know that it's like a solid genuine guy before I'm just like okay like eh, I'll take you so um I'll just say yeah that's my that's about my day in life right now <laughs> no that's awesome I mean you said a lot of truth that if I want to tack some points on just as a Mm-hmm. I was an old soul, but I'm I'm about to put a three in front of my age here in just a, a few Getting short months. Um, so I, I have dated a lot and learned a lot of things. But it's crazy how we oftentimes, like you said, can realize we're in these what we feel like are serious relationships. Mm-hmm. That but then either we wake up one day and we realize it, or the relationship ends and then we realize that the thing we thought was so serious actually wasn't because mm-hmm. we never really knew the person. And right. I, I think it really comes down to sometimes, again, you wisely said, we can conflate the seriousness and the intensity of the relationship with the time we've spent together mm-hmm. rather than how we spent that time. And that's mm-hmm. that we're not asking the right questions or we're afraid to ask the right questions because right. we don't want to come across as weird or psycho. And, and I think without putting words in your mouth, what mm-hmm. you and I are both advocating for is, hey, the first date, you don't need to go ask them for like their whole life plan. But right. if you are serious about a guy or gal, like yeah. I, I would rather, at least for me at my stage in life, because again, I'm not speaking for you or anybody listening, is I would rather have that thing, that relationship go sour two months in and know that that person mm-hmm. wasn't kind of heading in the direction I wanted to go in than spend Until the next you're, year like, totally of my invested. life yep, yeah. and, and invested <laughs> and realize that because I was too afraid to ever ask like, what do you really right. actually believe about Jesus? What mm-hmm. do you actually want to see happen? And again, we're all young and learning and evolving. And as someone who is about to put a three in front of their age <laughs> and, and and make the big turn on 30 is I'm still growing up. I'm still learning what I like. You're never going right. to stop growing or changing. So you don't need to feel the pressure of, oh, I got to lay out my five year, my 10 year, my 15 year retirement plan, yeah. you know, for this person on date three. It's mm-hmm. it's. Ben Stewart actually said it best, and I this metaphor has always, always, always stuck with me as someone who is still single and trying to be in a relationship is it's not that they're right and you're wrong, but it's kind of he frames it up and it's in this book, Single, Dating, Married, Engaged. Oh, I love And that he book. talks about running the race. And for yeah. me as a runner, it kind of, well, back in the day, like 50 pounds ago, as a serious competitive runner was if I'm trying to run a marathon at like a six-minute mile pace and you're trying to run a marathon at a 10-minute pace, Yes, we're both going to still finish the race, but you trying to keep up with me isn't going to be detrimental for me. And me being frustrated with you because you're not running fast enough is not going to be detrimental for either of us. So it's about trying to find someone that we're all headed as believers because sometimes I think that 
as young 20-somethings, it's so easy for us to say, oh, they go to church, they serve at church, they're right. in a small group, or they can recite a Bible verse, or they say Jesus, or whatever. But it, it has to go so much deeper than that when right. you're really thinking about a real relationship. And that's why, to me, it comes back to that kind of running the marathon metaphor of, yes, we're all going to get to heaven together mm-hmm. and all that. We're going to end up at the same place. But how committed is this person to it? Because imagine if we're both running this marathon at the same pace, yeah. we're going to be in it together. We're side by side. Yeah. We're cheering each other on and we're going at the same pace. So, And I think a lot of people forget, especially dating nowadays, if you're if y'all are believers, like truly following after Jesus, you're not just dating to get married. You're dating to like marry and pursue and build the kingdom of God together. And I think it's a lot about dedication and commitment versus just being infatuated with someone. And like it, it's way deeper than just getting married and being in love and having kids. You know, you're you're signing up for a lifetime of like, OK, how can we serve God together? How can we serve like people and love others well together and you know I think the right person or at least someone that has their values lined up and they're just with it like they know how it's supposed to go as far as like pursuing a relationship with someone I think the right person would know like we need to have these conversations and there's been so many times like I'll go on dates or you know things are after a month or two are getting a little bit more serious it's like we've been going out for a while like what does this mean like are we going to be exclusive and you know I'll ask like what do you think about this or this and like it'll be a deep conversation or question and uh they're like oh I just I mean like we don't have to talk about it yet or you know and it's like okay like what like this is just not working because like we can't agree or we don't want to address things like it's just more of like infatuation than like wanting to be committed to truth and like our values together so I think like if you're dating like in the right person like is open to having those conversations it says a lot about them and their intentions with you and i will give a shout out to anyone that's frustrated with the dating game out there because as someone who i moved to nashville just a year ago brand new city two weeks after move here boom COVID happens and so and then tried to kind of date obviously not during COVID, but kind of on the back half last fall of and as we still kind of what i call the hangover effect from 2020 (laughs) where there are still kind of these looming things out there that people are still have a very divisive stance on one way or the other is I can't tell you how many dates first question so what do you think about this mm-hmm. who are you voting for what do you and I'm like again <laughs> I, I'm not going to shy away from those conversations because I'm not afraid to, to give my answer but I'm right. like does that really matter like right. I, I, I tend to struggle and that's just one man's perspective I'm not speaking for everybody but there's so many things right now and I'm just going to leave it very general and vague like that people are so willing to get up in arms about, are willing to end mm-hmm. friendships over, uh, dating relations over, family relationships. Even you even talked about it earlier. Even in the in the Christian faith, people are weaponizing you know faith in the wrong mm-hmm. way over something that's really silly, and it and it doesn't matter in the grand right. scheme of things. It's like I try to live my life not left versus right, but up versus down. And so mm, like I've good. stepped so far away from like I used to be so into like listening to this podcast politically and every day what's mm-hmm. the update on COVID and what's this and like I can stay on and I'm like this stuff it does matter but it really doesn't matter right. when we talk about up versus down it, it matters when we're looking at the world when you have more like world. a kingdom mindset versus yeah. like what's going on on earth yeah yeah so completely. it's just been and, and that's crept into dating like I've been the guy that's like let me download Hinge. I do it for a week, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like, let me get off. And I'll then, re-download, like, and then I pause it right yeah, after. <laughs> yeah, and then it comes back, and, like, so it's it's been frustrating. Yeah. But I, I, as just someone, again, I'm not trying to, like, 
welcome to my TED talk before I ask you this question. But just to anybody that's listening, I just feel I want to speak into like it. It your day will come, and as someone who rather than like, hey, listen to to me, Eric, because I have all the right answers. It's like I'm right there with you. Like I'm in this constant balance of like, God, I know you're not just gonna like plop my future wife right in right. front of me, and I know I need to be doing some like active steps towards pursuing that and still pursuing you, but like should I be on a dating app? Should I not? Should I be right. doing this? It, like it is a struggle and there is no right or wrong answer because I don't know. That's Everyone's strange really different. Yeah, yeah. I know. And so I've, I just I've, want to encourage I've heard stories where I'm like, Oh, y'all met on hinge. I mean, y'all work and you're married. Great. Like it, you know, it's different for everyone. Yeah, for sure. I just wanted to speak to anyone that maybe feels anxious about that to say, Hey, I don't have the right answers and I don't think you do either. Nor, are you or I ever in a perspective for anyone to speak over you what is or isn't possible? I think right. as long as you're just pursuing God and, and still putting yourself yeah. out there, but still having those boundaries, almost like we were talking about with Instagram, like, mm -hmm. you know, guard your heart, but still ask those questions and all those things. So, and one more thing I want to add real quick is, uh, and I've been applying this to my own life and I actually made a TikTok about it where I was talking about it. Uh, but I was saying, you know, if you're in that phase of like, you're frustrated and you're like, is it even going to happen for me? Like, when you stop focusing on trying to find your husband or find your wife, like, and you say, I need to find myself and know that I'm completely like ready for someone. Like, and I touched on a lot of different things. Like, am I financially stable? Am I mentally in a good headspace? Am I taking care of my health? Am I working out? Like, am I, um, getting involved in community, whatever that was like church, small group, or, you know, solid friends around me that aren't pushing me to go crazy. You know, like you just, you have to make sure that you are bettering yourself before you can expect your like perfect husband or perfect wife to fall out of the sky. So I just think if you're frustrated, don't have your focus as much on just finding the right person. Um, and I know it sounds cliche, but you know, you need to make sure that you are the right person for someone else when they find you. So I would just, you know, focus on that and it will happen. You know, you don't have to be frustrated about it as hard as it is. Amazing. So I think we could both probably talk about relationships for entirety of the whole episode but the last couple of minutes here i want to take a turn and talk about photography because i know that it's such a huge part of you and who you were in texas and still are mm -hmm. in nashville and still flying back and forth and doing shoots and all that so how did you ever even decide to pick up a camera like what was your like photography journey like that's funny so um i was actually i think i was around nine or ten years old and my parents actually bought me this tiny like i still have it but it's like literally smaller than my hand um this tiny little camera and I found it when I was packing up to move here and it had an SD card in it still and I was looking through the photos and I was like I would just like go outside and take pictures of the trees and you know I was like even at nine years old I was like I like this whatever but you know obviously I didn't remember that till um when I was packing up and found the camera but in high school I had to take a fine arts class so I was like okay photography sounds cool like you know, I'll just do it for the credit, whatever. And my friends were all in that class. So I was like, it was really just me to get my credit. But uh, my parents bought me this tiny little Canon Rebel. And I was like, all right, like, let's just do this. And so I ended up finding out how much I enjoy it and how it um, opened my mind to the beauty of the world and like how I would see things like differently than other people and things I would notice that like my friends wouldn't when we'd be like out and about I'd be like oh the light looks so good on that tree right now or you know just stuff like that and I'm like no one else is paying attention to that but me so just noticing how it kind of expanded the way I thought and like my perspective and you know um 
my creative side kind of came out. I was like, okay, this is interesting. So I took that class. There was photography one that I took first and then photography two. And, you know, at that point I learned like technical stuff. I learned, you know, ISO, shutter speed, aperture, you know, all the technical stuff. Um, But, you know, by senior year, I was shooting pretty consistently. And my dad, he like sat me down and he's like, Maddie, like, do you understand that you could be making pretty solid money off of this? And I was like, well, I guess you're right. And um, so I started doing shoots just for like couples and, you know, just little things. I was like, okay, I'll just shoot my friends and their grab pics. And so um, at that point, I was about to go to college and I was staying in Dallas. So like my clientele was in the same city basically so like you know I was expanding where I already was and I was going to college for photography I was like I mean this is the only thing I want to study and that I'm passionate about at the time so I was like okay like we'll just go to school for that so I was taking the same classes over and over and I was like this is stuff I already know like it's just repetitive and like you know at that point you know not in a bragging way but I was like I was already just kind of ahead of that and I was like you know, I was doing shoots and my clientele expanded and I was doing more like weddings and I was doing, um, you know, grab picks for like college kids. And I was like, I'm like a little freshman and I'm taking your grab picks. Like, this is so cool. But, um, you know, after two years of college, I was like, do I need a four year degree? Like, do I really for photography need it when I'm already almost doing it full time? Um, and so I sat with my parents and I was like, cause they were helping me with college. Thank God. Like, I know not everyone, has that opportunity so I was like y'all are you know spending thousands of dollars on these biology classes and I'm like I'm never gonna use like this information about like molecules and you know the body like I'm not gonna be a doctor like why are we like spending all this time and energy and money into this if I like am not gonna use it um and so I was like what do y'all think about me just getting an associate's degree and at that point I had all my credits I was like I could be done after this semester and they're like honestly like we're not against it because you're already like working full-time practically and so um all that to say like photography was something that was always ever since high school like in my head and like something I enjoyed doing I would always get my friends out and we would go shoot just for fun and I was like oh this is just so fulfilling to me and so um that's kind of how it began um but overall I was like I don't need, I don't need a four-year degree for this. And I encourage anyone who's listening, who's like, I have a, like a trade or I have this skill where I don't know if I need a degree. Like if you're going to be a doctor, then you should definitely go get all like the degrees you need, whatever. But if you're, you know, there's something like a business you want to start. Like I highly encourage just taking the time and money you would use in college and devote it to your business and see what happens. So what do you feel like you enjoy most about photography? I enjoy shoots the most when it's like me and one other person. I'm not like obviously against events or weddings or, you know, groups, whatever it is. Um, But I love shooting one-on-one with people. And that's why a lot of my work is portrait work. Um, Because I love, besides the fact that I'm like creating all these pretty pictures, whatever, I love connecting with the person one-on-one and being like, so what makes you you? Like, why are you here today what has brought you here like to this point in your life and you know we honestly get to talk about life a lot of the times and I'm like this is like something you don't always get to do for work um and it's definitely brought me a lot of cool unique people um 
people that I would never met if it wasn't for photography and so I think getting to like make sure someone feels like valued and like celebrated and that they're the focus and like that's worth celebrating um so I think just making sure people feel like important is like something that I really cherish because like a lot of people you're like I just like when I go get my pictures made and they'll walk into the shoot and they think it's just like a a normal shoe and like you just got to get it done and then they walk away and they're like wow like you just like I felt so pumped to be there you know like I just feel so like great like and confident and that's the goal for me and I love when people walk away feeling that way so what has it been like doing kind of this sober journey because I this is something that was like a really big part of my year last year and I learned a lot about myself and and all that so I, I want to yeah. give you the space to kind of talk about what led you to that what have you learned about yourself for sure through that I growing up like never had a problem with alcohol I still don't have a problem with it so I anything I say I don't want to be like alcohol is bad because I'm just not that person that's gonna say that I know a lot of people are like I'm never gonna drink ever and that's good for you like you know I think it depends on personal preference um but for me like I didn't drink in high school I didn't drink first year of college um you know I kind of went through you know all college kids kind of go through a little party phase so (laughs) I definitely have one of those um and you know it wasn't ever anything like I wasn't drinking every night of the week or anything it was just kind of like you know weekends I was like oh my gosh we're going to this like frat party and you know you just think it's like so cool whatever um so I've never really had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. Um, I would say after me and my ex-boyfriend broke up, you know, like I said, I kind of was just like, F it at this point. I was like, okay, like, let's just see like what all I can do or, you know, so I, I definitely went through another phase, but it was a little bit more serious where I was like, this is more of my way of coping. Um, so that was another thing I had to kind of redirect my brain on is like this alcohol is not for you to like, forget and I think a lot of people are like I mean like going through a breakup I'm just gonna go have a night out and like nothing wrong with going and having fun for sure but a lot of people use it as their way of coping and like you know healing and that's not okay and that's when you start to depend on alcohol to like fix you and that's how a lot of alcoholics are formed um and so anyways all that to say I've never had a super unhealthy relationship with alcohol, but when I moved to Nashville, it is a whole other level here, and I had no idea. I, like, I knew people drink a lot here, but I had no idea the extent, and in Dallas, you know, it was more of a, oh, we'll go grab drinks, like, on a Friday night, and it's just, like, you have one or two, and you're, like, classy about it, whatever, but, I mean, it depends on where you're at here, too. I'm not saying all of Nashville's always, like, getting hammered, but it's definitely more in your face. Um, and so when I moved, you know, I kind of had a few weekends where I was like, I'm just going to go experience like Broadway and you know, all the stuff. And it, it definitely taught me that I need to narrow down when I'm okay with it, where I'm okay with it, who am I around? Um, cause that says a lot. And I am just naturally a type of person that falls into peer pressure so easily. <laughs> like, if someone's like, we're doing shots, Maddie, I'm be like, like, don't tell me that. Because, you know, because I'm like, okay, like, I'm going to. But if I go out to dinner with a friend, I'm like, you know, I'll have a glass. And I'm like, we're not out here getting hammered. We're just, like, having a nice, relaxing evening. That's when I'm like, that's healthy for me. Um, so, I don't say any out, anything I say. I don't want it to sound like I'm perfect because I'm not and that I've always said that like I 
like anyone else have those struggles in life and you know people have their things that they're drawn to like sins that they're drawn to and I would say drinking and partying is one of those things that's always kind of been that thing for me and I'm like I have to know myself enough and know that this is one of those things that are a struggle for me to where I need to cut it out so anyways leading up to the past few weeks I've been not drinking um I came to the decision where I was like I know no one here is gonna like this you know and it goes back to being bold like we were talking about earlier it's like you just have to you can't care what other people think like my roommates I had to have a talk with them I was like just if y'all go out just don't invite me because I will go you know just that kind of thing I was like okay let's just like you know draw some boundaries I'm gonna tell y'all up front that I'm not drinking like I was aware that some people were gonna be like why are you drinking Sprite or like you know why are you you know um just having water or a club soda and you just have to tell people like I'm just taking a month off like you don't have to say that you're quitting altogether because especially when you put a long-term goal like that which props to you for doing 2020 with no alcohol because I feel like that'd be really hard um but you know I was like I'm not gonna overwhelm myself with like this indefinite um ending I guess like I'm just gonna try a month and if I do slip up okay like just start over again tomorrow you know you have to have grace on yourself but I have never felt better since I cut out alcohol and I say that from a place of like I've partied in the past I've drank a lot and I thought that that would make me feel better but it just makes you feel sluggish um unmotivated uninspired I will waste you know especially way back then when I would be hung over the next day I'd waste a whole next day when I could have done so much and um you kind of just get to this point where you're like I'm just so sick of it like I and I was telling my friend this the other day which is really funny but I said I was literally like one of my first weekends here I was out with some friends and I'd had too much to drink and I remember being in my not so sober state of mind I said to myself there's more for you than this and this is the obstacle that you have to get rid of and I denied it for a while you know like it takes some time for God to be like you need to snap out of it and get it together (laughs) you know but uh once I made the decision I was like there's more for me than finding validation in the bar or in the guys that go to the bar or the alcohol you know like that's just not what my identity is in and so even just apart from that like I've just health health wise I felt so much better mentally I'm more clear I wake up earlier um all this stuff and so I would highly recommend even if you just want to take like two weeks off two weeks is when I really started to feel the difference for me um but it's made me feel great I I've been on top of the world since I cut it out and for those listening, I actually didn't make it all of 2020. I made it till the uh, <laughs> second week in December when I was on a date. And That's still a very long time. So. I, uh, I was just like, uh, it's it's time. I've learned my <laughs> lessons. But yeah, no, I, I like really resonate with everything you said because it was like, I was never an alcoholic, but like I went to right. Auburn, like I was in a fraternity, like right. being a people person, alcohol, like, you know, alcohol causes people to react differently especially dudes some guys turn into fighters some Mm -hmm. guys turn into like just stumbling everywhere it's embarrassing some people are sleazy like 
for me, it was just like I was always the life of the party, which is <laughs> like me sober. Because a lot of people sometimes now, like when I drink a lot less or back then, because I would still go to bars. Yeah. Be like, dude, like, what have you been drinking? You're in a good mood. I'm like, nothing. Like, yeah, and I'm doing great. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I just like for me, it's it's like you said, like, because I'm an either all or nothing guy. And that has such a blessing and curse in life, be that in oh, dating, I'm be that in way. business. Mm-hmm. And so it was like. I've never been someone that could just go out and have two beers and call it a day. It was right. like, we were all in, we were vodka, Red Bull. There's no casual drinking. We were, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and the thing about Nashville that you touched on is like, yeah, it's intense. But the thing is that's different here is it's seven days a week. It is. Because there's always a the best show. business show, yeah. music, artists could show up. A networking event. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I went to Florida Jordan Line, Thomas Rhett, Mary Morris, and all these people perform last night on a Tuesday night and then like right. like we were just talking about before there's a Riley Green concert on a Monday coming <laughs> up and then like you just have a normal yes. weekend so Riders other cities rounds. it's like maybe you have like Wednesday or Thursday typically is kind of like a big night out and then you have like the weekend here right. it's like every night's every a big day. night out and it's like how do you how do you say no and if you don't have a drink in your hand people think you're being like kind of a prude about things you're you know and it's just sad like the people people kind of come up to you and they're like why aren't you drinking I'm like it's a Monday night like what do you want me to do and you know I'll be at like little live shows during the week like let's say it's a Tuesday night and they're on stage and they're like who's getting drunk tonight and everyone's like yeah and I'm like these people are gonna hurt for Wednesday during their work day and you know it's just hard it's very hard because it's like it's every day here and I had to tell my mom that I was like y'all don't understand like it's a lot I don't know but it's heavy for sure yeah I had a uh, the quick tip and I'll ask you the second last question the quick tip that kind of helped me because like I said it's like something I'm against going to bars because like i still have friends i still want to go out like and it was kind of funny also when i laid out like hey guys like i'm doing a sober year challenge like i thought a lot of people were going to make fun of me or try to get me a trip up and right. no one did right and so i it's think just people like, wish that they could do it yeah so that they're like oh good for you because yeah, i could so never when you, when you lay out that audacious goal of like hey i'm gonna do it a year so i would just encourage people like you you said it best like hey take a week or two off but like sometimes i've seen people get made fun of more because they're like oh yeah it's just a week whatever but if you like i'm gonna take yeah. a month off i'm gonna take the next quarter off i'm gonna take a year right off people are like oh like that's amazing yeah but the, the last tactical tip i'll give you like i said was i had uh charlie moncaster of musk design bloodline is one of my Love really him. close friends someone i look up to and he's been sober now for many many years and he's a huge name in country music and right. I, I asked him one time i was like how do you go play in bars every mm-hmm. night? Because country music, to your point, is a very party genre. It's associated with rodeo. It's associated with going out, like having fun. And I think it is innocent. It's not like it's this dark genre. But he was like, dude, just go get a club soda or get a Sprite. Have mm-hmm. them put a lime in it. Yep. And no one's going to know no you're not drinking. Ask. If you're worried about like being the guy or gal that's staying in the corner not drinking, that still yeah. wants to go to the bars with friends, like just grab a water, grab a yes. Sprite. like. A, a Sprite with a lime in it looks literally like a vodka it does. Sprite. I just get me a club soda with a lime and exactly. I'm like, I'm good. No one's going to ask me. So that was his trick that he told me in the very, very beginning of like, how did he get over that of always being? Yeah. He's like, yeah, like no one knows the difference. People just assume, especially when, you know, he's, a, I love him. He's such a very vocal, loud guy. Anyway, same to me. I'm a very life the party. It's like, no one really knows, a di- you know, a difference. And I would say the longer you go, the stronger you get because at first especially let's say you're at a bar and you're not holding anything people are like why aren't you drinking like just get a drink and then you might be more susceptible to like okay i'll just cave like but if you can have a drink and no one talks to you you kind of build up this like habit and this pattern of like okay like i made it through that night i can do it again to like tonight or whatever it is so 
Um, the longer you go, the stronger you get, I would say. Last question before I ask you the actual official last question. And I'm really excited about this one because obviously if you've been listening to this episode today, you know that Maddie has so much wisdom and a great mm-hmm. perspective and can share on a multitude of topics. So why are you starting a podcast? When can we <laughs> expect that? What is it going to be about? I'm it's the selfish. first time someone's brought it up like yeah, this. I love I'm it. selfishly taking <laughs> this is the place that it's being spoken into existence. I love it. Yes. Take take that. Take the credit. Um, honestly, I have had so many things. And, I, you know, I've kind of touched on a little bit of that in this podcast. There's obviously more. But I have in the last year, I think, experienced more than I have in my entire life. And I don't think that's coincidence that now God's pushing me to be like, you have to start using your voice, not just on Instagram, because it's easy to write a caption and edit it, and it's easy to, like, perfect it. Um, And I am a perfectionist, and I think that's where I get scared of starting a podcast. (laughs) But at the times that I'm scared, I'm like, it's not about, like, what I say. I feel like there's just so many things I want to talk about. And, you know, it ranges from dating, um, health, mental health, you know, friendships, family. It just, there's so many things that I want to talk about. But overall, like, I am excited about it. And I just have a heart for encouraging other people, especially women. Like, I just have a tug in my heart where I'm like, gosh, if, if only... 16 year old me knew this or 20 year old me knew this or 21 and I'm like if I can't go back and tell myself I want to tell other people because you know I can't go back and change the past in my experiences but they've taught me a lot to where I can help other people so that's kind of my goal overall but it's so funny how speaking (laughs) is the one thing I've hated the most and if y'all could have seen me in my speech class in high school I barely made it two words before I was like freaking out. I speaking is one of those things like, God, please don't call me to speak. Like, and obviously podcasts aren't getting in front of a crowd and, you know, like speaking to a hundred thousand people, but you know, speaking out and talking about things that are kind of hard or, you know, touchy or, um, you know, even when we first started, my voice was a little shaking. I was like, okay, like, but it's fine. Like, I'm just going to talk. And it's like, I just want people to feel like they have like a bigger sister to look up to kind of thing and to hear life advice. And so I am starting a podcast. That's kind of cool to say. I haven't really like said it out loud, but I'm going to. <laughs> yes. Now we get to all hold you accountable. But yes, I, it's out there in the world. I think it's such a smart move for you because I think that pretty much 99% of everything in life requires so much more perspective than what we get so peer pressured into like how do I make my message into 15 seconds mm-hmm. or less for an Instagram story or yeah. 60 seconds or less for a TikTok? Or you have a caption like, limit. Like, how do I make this so concise? And yes, there is like a, a, a purpose and intention to being strategic and concise and to the point with your words. But I just think that there are so many things in life, particularly the things that you and I like to talk about, that just deserve the full hour and seven minutes now that we've been recording <laughs> to get the full picture. And I think so many of us whether that's even people we talked about, you know, you're hit with so much things in media of are just reading the headline. And it's like, if you can learn to become a free thinker and learn to hear both sides of the argument and not just be so exclusive to left versus right versus this religion or this train of thought and truly take it all in and learn to be a free thinker and trust what God has put inside you, Mm -hmm. AKA the Holy spirit to discern and learn. And I think you can learn something for everyone. It's so important that we have, that's why I'm such a huge fan of long form, podcasting because sometimes people are like 
oh, how could you go for an hour? I'm like, <laughs> I listen to podcast other people's that are like two or three hours yeah. and i love and if it's good information like you yeah. want to listen yeah I, I just love like the little tidbits you can pull out of not having this and that's why i've like refused on this podcast to have like hey maddie here's like none of the questions today maddie did such an amazing job y'all she like answered these all live in the moment because i don't have anything pre-written it's just like wherever this Let's needs to talk. go it's gonna yeah. go and let me listen to your answer and whatever I'm moved by. Like, let me ask you more. And like, obviously, I know a little bit about her and each person I bring on. So I have a general idea of like, right. she's a photographer. She's into this thing. Yeah. She likes talking about this. But like, just going where it goes, I think is so healthy. And, yeah. and in this world it's that we raw. always just feel like, yeah. what can we do right now? What is What can we do for this boomerang that's going to get the most impact or whatever? And rather than like, how can we impact people with yeah. the minds most rather than like the views? Being the authentic. Yeah. And I would also say... Another thing that has gotten me time and time again is I will see people start podcasts or I will see people talk about the thing that I want to talk about or address and not saying that their perspective is invalid. I mean, they have probably points that I wouldn't make or vice versa, but I see people doing the things that I dream about doing or wanting to do, but am I sitting on my butt and just like waiting for it to happen? You know, so it's like you have to put in the effort and you have to if you have things you want to share so bad, like you have to get it started. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. And anyone else who's thinking about starting a podcast or starting a business in general or whatever it is, like someone else is going to do your dream. So it's like, you might as well start today and not wait. Cause you never know, like a year from now, like it could take off or whatever. So last question, every single guest gets the same last question. One day I'm going to do some montage of this, but that day hasn't come yet. Cause we're now 42 episodes in, but you're on the No More Zero Days podcast, and a zero day is where you get nothing done towards your goal or dream for your life. Be that to be in a relationship with a person, a man, a woman, Jesus himself, be it to start a podcast, become a photographer, to move to Nashville, whatever your goal is. And I kind of came up with this idea because I used to live in kind of a zero or a hundred mentality like I shared earlier. It's like I can never do anything unless I'm all in, but it also works against me. And so there were days where I would wake up at 5 a.m., go for a six mile run, listen to podcasts, like, you know, have my paleo breakfast, start my day, get everything done. And then there were days where I would sleep until noon, go to Taco Bell four times, <laughs> do no I'm work. Weird. And it was just either, it was either an all or nothing. And what I really realized, at least for me, is I need to live my life somewhere in kind of a one to 99 if we're thinking of a zero to a hundred perspective, because sometimes you have to have those grace for those days where today's a five day, today's a 15, tomorrow's a 75, tomorrow's a 90. But as long as I'm doing something, even if it feels small, those little wins over the next week, month, quarter, year, decade of my life, I'll look back and I'll say, man, I didn't really move heaven and earth yesterday, but I did make that right. phone call. I did make that connection. I did send that DM, whatever progress. I need to do. Yeah. And if I have little things like that across the week, it all of a sudden snowballs in this big thing. And so that's why I've just tried to bring on diverse set of guests to talk about different things and hope to inspiring you the listener to pursue whatever it is that thing like I said it could be a multitude of things so my last question for you is and you can take this however you want and answer in any form be that relationships business politics faith all the above whatever what advice would you give to that person or listener that's listening to this episode today that's stuck in that zero day mentality that is trapped in in pursuing that thing moving to nashville becoming a photographer getting out of a toxic relationship starting a new relationship that's afraid to start again what advice would you give to them a story a perspective a bible verse whatever you want to answer to help them move out of that mentality that's a really good question um i think if i was to say anything and something that has helped me is 
and sometimes this bites me in the butt, but most of the time it's a good thing. I consider my future self where I'm like in a year from now, five years from now, like, is this where you want to be? Are you okay with this? Whether that is relationship or the job you're at that you hate or, you know, the city you're in, if you're miserable, you know, whatever it is, it's like, do I see myself being here long-term or do I see myself being happy and healthy in this forever? And if you don't, then why would you waste time in it at all? And if that's directed towards toxic relationships, I have, I've always said get out as soon as possible um, because the longer you're invested, the longer you're in it, like you're going to find more reasons not to break up with them or whatever it is. But in general, I would just say if it's not something you see yourself in long term, obviously like life changes too. I totally get that. But as far as like something that's not serving you in the best way or you're stuck in a like, um, what'd you say? Like a the mindset of <laughs> yeah so it's like I've always said uh you know you have to think about your future self and if you're stuck you simply have to get yourself out of it and I know that sounds so simple and like basic but you have to respect yourself enough to be like okay like I'm not gonna be happy here this isn't good for me this isn't serving me and uh make the changes necessary and so for me obviously it can take it can take a while to get the guts to make the change to uh build up the courage to change things but when you do you're like you're so free and you're so happy and so um I would just yeah consider your future self 